Welcome to Screw It, Just Do It, the number one ranked entrepreneurship podcast for business owners, entrepreneurs, and those aspiring to be so. The aim of this show is to showcase the world's most inspiring and interesting people who've decided to screw it, just do it. We offer 20% inspiration and 80% education, giving you the tools and advice to start, grow, and scale a successful business. I'm your host, Alex Chisnell, fellow entrepreneur, podcast agency owner with a number one podcast and startup advisor to global startup generator and early stage VC, Antler. Each week, I release two episodes, a Q&A every Wednesday with one of the world's most inspiring figures, plus a solo episode every Saturday where I cover the challenges that all of us are facing as entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 227 of Screw It, Do It. I'm your host, Alex, as always. And on today's show, it's my great pleasure to welcome once again, Magnus Grimmeland, founder and CEO of Antler, the global startup generator and early stage VC. So, Guys, how are you doing? Hope you are all guys and girls safe and well, wherever you are in the world and whatever the state of your country is, uh, whether it's in lockdown or not. At the time of recording this, seeing some light at the end of the tunnel with Germany, Austria opening up um, some of their shops to um, the public, to us, Um, been blessed in the UK with with really great weather. Hope it's the same wherever you are in the world. I know we're now up to 143 countries, which is insane and which I'm always really grateful for. Um, For me, lots of positives to take out of uh, the situation that we found ourselves in. And I'll be talking about that on on this Saturday's Saturday solo episode. Um, Before that, those of you regular listeners to the show will know I've been uh, recording live webinars um, with some of my favorite past guests on Screw It, Just Do It, both uh, for the uh, podcast and also the live events. And a lot of my favorite speakers that I was going to have speak at this year's Festival of Enterprise uh, next week, April 27th, 28th. Clearly not happening. So what I've decided to do is we've essentially turned the Festival of Enterprise into a media channel. We're doing 15 episodes a week. Um, I'm hosting probably 10 or more of them myself, as well as doing this podcast. So um, what I've done is essentially going to share that with you. If you'd like to watch them live, I know not everybody can, hence that's the beauty of podcasts. You can listen to them wherever you want, whenever you want, and whatever you want. Um, But if you can't join us live, and that's at 10 a.m., 12 p.m., and 2 p.m. every day, then I'm going to upload those episodes to this podcast that you're listening to. So hence today, you're gonna be able to hear Magnus, um, who was one of my guests last year, 2019. Um, And then I was incredibly grateful afterwards to be asked to be an advisor to Antler by Magnus. And since then, gone on to uh, work with cohorts in Amsterdam, uh, which I flew out to, and also here in London with uh, Avid, who uh, produced my course for me, produced the app where my course, podcasting course, uh, resides. So always grateful to, to hear Magnus speak. And today's talk that he, he did is to call, you know, it's why now 
He believes now is a great time to innovate and he gives his thoughts in general on survival for, for both startups and, and scale-up businesses. So look, for me, this, you know, Magnus always speaks great wisdom, uh, no matter, you know, what type of industry you're in, no matter what type of business model that you've got. And um, this is no different. This is my favorite webinar that I've hosted so far um, over the last four weeks. And I think you're going to get a huge load of value from it. I'm not going to speak too much um, because this is uh, an, an hour to listen to. We covered a lot, a lot of questions from people on the webinar as well. And hopefully those answers a lot of your questions as well. So uh, without further ado, um, screw it, just do it. Here's Magnus Grimmeland of Antler. Good morning, everybody. I'm Alex Chisnell from the Festival of Enterprise. With me, joining me um, from Singapore is Magnus Grimmelant, founder of Antler Global Startup Generator and VC. So today, Magnus um, is going to be talking about why he believes now is the time for innovation and giving his thoughts on um, the future for tech startups and scale-ups. Um, and I saw, Magnus, you Antler had posted up about um, looking for funding for those businesses who are looking to explore um, uh, cures and, and different businesses. Looking a lot of med tech, I suppose, coming coming your way. Um, so, I'd like to mention a little bit that about that first as well. Yeah, I mean, so for anyone who's uh, working on kind of the important part of being helpful and impactful and uh, somehow. Helping in this this time of crisis, um, we want to do our part and are ready to invest in in great founders and great companies addressing that. And uh, yeah, we just just launched this initiative, um, I guess, last week, and already received about 260 applicants from wow. companies from all across the globe who are excited to support and help. So uh, you know, I hope hope we could kind of support all of them, but at least we're going to support the ones that that we can. So very excited about that. That's great, 200. And I was going to say, I'm sure it only came out towards the end of last week. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, I think we launched it, yeah, I mean, late last week sometime. So, yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, the, it's open for applications until April 15th. We want to kind of act quickly um, yeah. so it can be impactful now. Um, so, uh, you know, anyone who's interested, just go to antler.co, uh, check it out. Uh, super happy to, to, to get suggestions and more applicants, and we hope to help as many as possible. Yeah, I'll, I'll post up the, the link here, but yeah, it's as simple, simple as antler.co for people to, to go to. Couldn't get more simpler yeah. than that. Um, yeah, so over, over to you, Magnus, if you'd like to um, sh share your thoughts to start with, and then we'll open this for Q&A, everybody. Um, hope everybody's safe and well, by the way, wherever you are in the world watching this. Um, as I mentioned, there's a, there's a chat function here, so if you post up your questions um, after Magnus gives his his thoughts. Um, we'll be able to to fire up some questions there for you, um, get some answers as well. So um, thank you very much. Over to you, uh, Magnus. Excellent. Great. Thanks, Alex. Um, great to talk to you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, very, very excited to uh, to talk to you all. Um, hope everyone is keeping safe and and that your family loved ones are, are doing as well as they can in this kind of unprecedented times. Um, you know, obviously, uh, through Antler, we are supporting and working with exceptional founders all across the globe, uh, building 
companies from scratch and investing with them uh, in in the early stages. And yeah, I just wanted to take the opportunity to to talk to you uh, a little bit about how we look at things and uh, share some thoughts on uh, on the path forward, uh, path forward, and and how you can be helpful and be part of the you know path to recovery. So thank you so much for joining. Um, I'm going to share some thoughts first, and then you know open up for Q and A, uh, which I always find more impactful. So uh, first of all, a little bit about my background. So I come from Norway originally, um, studied in the UK at the United World College of the Atlantic uh, before joining the military where I was in the Navy SEALs for a while, then joined Harvard University where I uh, did economics and engineering um, uh, before setting up a, a development project in, in Zambia, uh, moving to McKinsey, working te with technology companies all across the globe, and then set up Solora.com, which is the biggest fashion e-commerce company in Southeast Asia which we sold in 2015. And uh, since then, we've been building Antler. And with Antler, uh, you know, we work really with individuals and teams all across the globe uh, to help put together fast-growing tech businesses, uh, solving some of the world's biggest problems. Um, and we typically now invest in about um, 150 to 200 companies a year um, in, you know, Europe, um, Asia, Africa, Australia, uh, uh, the U.S. and we just set up now in uh, in South America. So you know, if people on the call on the seminar are excited about uh, you know pursuing a new business, uh, if you're not already doing it, then uh, you know please go on the on the side and apply. We're very excited about supporting uh, great people. Um, so then, kind of addressing the the times that we have right now. Um, you know, we've been talking to a lot of our founders and our portfolio companies about this over the last few weeks. And uh, obviously, I think the most important thing to, to think through right now is ensuring that uh, you, you all are sell safe and your, your family, friends, your loved ones, your co-workers uh, are safe. That's number one. Uh, I think uh, that's uh, uh, and it's, it's kind of evident that that's where one should focus first. And we've been living with this in Antler since almost day one, as we have uh, operations in China and uh, here in Asia. And, you know, put, put together kind of measures quite early to ensure that, um, uh, you know, safety was on top concern. And I really encourage everyone to do that um, because it's not only about you, but everyone else around you. Um, when that is said, um, you know, I think most of the people on this call uh, are entrepreneurs or run small businesses um, or are about to do so. And uh, just want to start with saying that uh, what you're doing is so incredibly important, uh, right? Uh, you are part of the path to recovery. Um, you are uh, the ones who, you know, coming out of this are going to contribute to GDP, uh, going to build new employment opportunities. And this is uh, you know, incredibly, incredibly important now. If what you were doing was important two to three months ago, uh, it's just incredibly, incredibly important right now. And uh, I, I would think about that, you know, uh, every time I go to bed and wake up is, you know, how, ca how can I be set up to, to become part of the path to recovery and how can I really uh, drive value, job creation, and solve real problems coming out of this crisis because it's going to be so incredibly important. Uh, the toll of the virus itself is is huge when it comes to uh, to, to to lives and disrupting families and business. But uh, you know the the the, the impact uh, you know uh, a long term 
kind of recession and downturn and unemployment can have on the world is is also humongous. I mean, only in the U.S., I think 6.6 million people applied for uh, unemployment uh, support uh, last week, which is you know a huge part huge part of the population. And um, you know, there are people like you and us who are responsible for being in that path to recovery and creating value coming out of this. And uh, therefore, I mean, all of you have an incredible amount of responsibility um, on your shoulders to ensure that that happens. And, you know, failure is not an option. So let's all work hard to uh, contribute going forward uh, and put in our small part to, to ensure that, that that happens as quickly as possible. Um, the other thing I think to keep in mind is, um, if you come through this in a smart way um, and you build and improve and pivot and address the opportunities and problems that have arisen, um, you are kind of set uh, to take part in, uh, you know, one of the biggest upturns of our generation, uh, if not in kind of human history. Um, this is a you know global situation that has affected everyone across the globe, and just after you know, the financial crisis, which obviously was a huge crisis, but, uh, you know, impacted people in a different way. Uh, we saw some of the world's most exciting companies being built and set up quite around them, and, you know, from Airbnb to, to, to Uber and a bunch of other great companies. And, um, and you, you can be part of that, right? Uh, you know, when you, you learn so much about the current environment, you learn so much going through this, that you will just be kind of way leaner, meaner, uh, you know, more adaptable, smarter than anyone who will set up when and and only build through the the time of upturn. So hey, look forward to that. I mean, we're we're gonna go into you know after this, we're gonna go into kind of a decade of endless uh, opportunities, and you know, technologies are maturing faster than ever, and um, we've seen a market which is you know, global for the first time ever. And uh, you can really take part in that whole upturn. So I, there is light in the tunnel and uh, it's all about, I think, being smart until you you come to that line, light. So that's, I think, the, the second message I want to give. The, the third message is then like, how do you handle the, the kind of current situation, right? And um, here, I think it's just about being really smart, right? I mean, think through... Um, the things that you can do uh, to, you know, be as strong as possible, and there are a number of levers in which you can 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 pull uh, to ensure that. So, a obviously uh, you need to think about cost, um, um, uh, you know, increasing your runway and ensuring that uh, you're in a position uh, to 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 survive this, but also utilize your dollars to have the most amount of impact on your business is incredibly, incredibly important. And um, that means literally kind of look at everything, right? There are certain types of things that you don't, shouldn't do right now. For example, if you can't get customers on board, then obviously stop marketing. Um, if you um, uh, can get people on board and can serve people, then think about who you can serve and who would be your audience at this point in time. Um, uh, you know, renegotiating office space uh, literally there are ways to save money on almost anything right now and I would ensure that you do that uh, to ensure that you are set up uh, as well as possible to kind of 
ride out the storm and then come out of it with 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 some money in your coffers. And if you don't have money in your coffers, of course, then uh, ensure that you kind of keep can keep your core talent and ensure that you can come through it and then you know get started when you come out there. So that's you know be smart. A costs like think through every single uh, part of your expenditure. Second is. Um, Recruiting, right? I mean, a lot of you are entrepreneurs, early stage companies, um, and uh, or SMEs, and uh, you know there is going to be a ton of really great talent available coming out of this. Who are looking for great opportunities? There are going to be two types of individuals. There's going to be the unfortunate ones who lost their job, uh, who will be incredibly driven uh, to prove themselves in a new job, and there are going to be the uh, the people who didn't lose their job but they're sitting at home right now, thinking about how they can make more of an impact than they did before the crisis and want to kind of rethink the, uh, the, their, their kind of role in, in life and their, their meaning with how they spend their time. And uh, that's a chance to, I think, get really exceptional people into your business if it's really making a difference. So uh, there's a huge opportunity here uh, to do that. And I think you can also get a lot of free resources, right? So we've been approached by uh, universities all across the globe who have people graduating this summer uh, who obviously are struggling with getting their first job. And, uh, you know, uh, if you can't pay them, they're still very excited to just build uh, a career path, learn and build a CV. So there's a huge opportunity here now to, I think, help a ton of people all across the globe um, without it costing you much. Uh, because they are just looking to kind of learn, build a career and get started and build their CV. And it's much better that they do that with you, even if it's for free, than, uh, uh, you know, sitting at home playing uh, Call of Duty or uh, <laughs> coming around in the mall, right? So, yeah. you know, go out there and help these people and make them help you. It's uh, There's a lot of people there now who are looking to get a great start of their career and you can be part of that solution. And by the way, they can help you for either very little money or, or for free, right? So it's a huge, huge opportunity, especially if you're a small business or or you're um, a startup because you can leverage up for like two to three people to like 10 people uh, mm-hmm. without much additional cost. Yeah. Um, that's, that's a good point, Magnus. Um, we were t- talking about that yesterday on a, on a web, and I think it was with Piers Linney, the former investor in Dragon's Den, who was saying, you know, probably the, the big, the, one of the hardest challenges for most founders is acquiring talent, but more than that, retaining that talent. So if there's any way you can, you know, not lay off all your staff, but kind of, you know, keep them or mothball, whatever you need to do, um, it's such a waste to, to let that talent go. And like you say, there, there's going to be a massive reservoir of talent becoming available. And for those who are prepared to maybe do something for free to get their foot in the door when that upturn comes, because it will come, there's massive opportunities to move up the, the corporate ladders far quicker. Exactly. Yeah, you're spot on, Alex. And um, and then, you know, be, be smart C around kind of fundraising, right? And, you know, not sure which of you are in fundraising mode, but um, don't get discouraged, right? Like fundraising is for 99% of businesses is hard in the best of times. Even if you're doing incredibly well, it's it's a tough process. Um, so it's not, it's definitely, you know, some investors who are a little bit more careful right now, but it's it's not that much harder now than it would be um, in 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 the best of times. So so you know, if you need funds, go out there and fundraise. 
the good news for all of you is that, you know, 2018 and 2019 were record years for fundraising for venture capital. Mm. Um, and uh, also if you're an SME, the type of solutions coming in out there in terms of kind of small business loans and other types of capital available to, to, to businesses is, uh, is unprecedented, right? Excluding the Vision Fund, more than $100 billion was raised for early stage venture across the globe. And like small places like Sweden, 1.5 billion was raised uh, in Stockholm to invest in startups. So the capital is there and people are kind of waiting to deploy it because these funds were closing like just before Christmas. And, you know, there, there's money there and fundraising in the best of times is all about kind of reaching the right people. They are available. You can reach them by phone. Uh, and, you know, by the way, you don't need to travel as much and spend time in traffic. You can get in front of them on the phone and just get, get to them, get to meet them, explain your business, talk to them, tell them why they should invest in you. If your business is hurt by the crisis, tell them it's temporary. And by the way, uh, the recovery uh, will just put you on this kind of amazing path if, if the crisis affects you positively, like some businesses like Zoom, Slack, and et cetera, um, explain to them why. Like, get out there, fundraise, get that money, and the money is there, uh, and there's literally no excuse not to get it. Um, it's, it's, it's there. You should go out and do it. And as always, there's no, kind of, there's no magic bullet for this. You just need to meet uh, as many people as you can, get them excited about what you're doing, and tell them, Hey guys, stop investing in gold and treasury bonds and start becoming a part of yeah. uh, you know the path to recovery. This is the worst time ever to put your money in non-productive capital. You should put it in exceptional people like yourself. Um, so that's be smart. C. <laughs> yeah, and do, do you think? I mean, at the, the end of the day, Magnus, the, the same amount of money is out there in the world. It's it's just a case that some people might be holding it, holding on to it for a little bit longer, but there are still investors that are looking to take advantage of the opportunities that present themselves right across the globe. I mean, you'll be seeing this, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, not only um, is it uh, as much, I think it's more than ever, right? I mean, the fundraising that went into these funds, like the amount of dry capital in the whole private equity venture capital industry is just higher than ever it's just unprecedented levels and uh, you know they're sitting there um you know right now they're sitting at home um you know trying to get away from netflix and would rather talk to great people like yourself and do their job right so get out there and, and get to these guys um so that's be smart c be smart d governments right so probably a lot of you are thinking about this already and a lot of you are doing very smart things but um you know, a lot of the government's first response to this um, actually left out um, uh, the startup industry in a lot of different countries. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that was not by design. It was just an, an omission due to them wanting to get to the market quickly. What has happened is that almost every government in any country right now are also doing a tremendous amount of things for the startup space um, and the SME space. You can get uh, you know access to, uh, you know, uh, unsecured loans, you can get access to uh, working capital, you can get access to grants, you can get access to uh, uh, salary support. There's just, I mean, this varies by country, but there will be solutions out there in most countries that you should actively explore. And the thing with this is, even if your business is doing really well, like go for this and familiarize you with it to ensure that 
because the government is doing this to stimulate m- more business, right? So if, if even if you're doing well, if you can benefit from this and do even better and hire more people and create more value, you should still get it. But you're not going to get this unless you ask. So like, go deep and familiarize you in all these stimulus packages and ensure you kind of read the updates every day and, and get there uh, to take advantage of that capital. Because that capital, and you know, don't feel like you're taking advantage of the government. What you're doing is by getting access to this money is uh, doing what the government wanted to do, right? Which is supporting great people, creating value, creating employment opportunities. So get out there and get that stuff it's not going to happen unless you kind of very, very active and proactively go after it. So that's be smart D. Uh, and, you know, I can't say more than that because, you know, it will be different from, from each country. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Then uh, be smart E revenue, right? So uh, don't forget that in this, obviously some of you will have seen revenue suffer and some of you won't have revenue at all because you're perhaps in the offline world or in the hospitality world or the travel world. But uh, do what you can to obviously increase that uh, uh, as much as possible and preserve what you can. Um, instead of losing customers, uh, tell them, hey, you can delay your payment if that's possible for you. Instead of, uh, you know, if there is revenue you're supposed to get in the future, but you really need it now, then give them a discount by paying you earlier. You know, just think through uh, every single way you can optimize revenue. Um, and there might be here also an opportunity for you to kind of slightly pivot your business model, right? So for example, if you're a restaurant now in Singapore, yes, people can't go to restaurants, but everyone is ordering from home, right? So you can tap into these new sales channels. And for a lot of businesses, there will be slight ways to pivot where you can create some sort of revenue. Like we have fashion companies that I know that, you know, are not selling that much kind of high-end fashion right now, but they are producing fashionable face masks, right? You can sell mm-hmm. that. Like be, be smart on like other ways I can utilize my resources and my capabilities to create revenue, um, at, at this time. Um, uh, so that's B smart E, uh, B, B smart Foxtrot or F, um, uh, is if you now have extra time on your hands, um, you know, think about those times in December where you were running around and being incredibly busy and you didn't have time to do those kind of basic things that you need to get in place, whether that's thinking through your strategy, creating a better product, creating a better customer experience, you know, optimizing your values, whatever it is, right? Spend time on those things that you just wish you had time for uh, before. I know for a lot of you, you're just running at all cylinders right now, but for some of you, you might have a little bit extra time and then utilize that time effectively. Try to go back in time and think about all those things you said, oh, I just wish I had time to do that three to four months from now because now you might have that time to really improve that product or make that customer experience better or sort out that process. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's important. So, hey, these are just some ideas. Um, in, in general, um, you know, you want to come out of this uh, preferably uh, stronger uh, rather than weaker. If that's not possible, you want to come out as strong as you can. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of companies who who don't think smart in this period of time will die for the wrong reasons. And I think there's no reasons why, uh, you know, 
most businesses should not survive if you utilize all these levers really, really well. And then you'll actually come, you'll be in a great place to take advantage of that kind of decades worth of growth. Um, so that is be smart. Then, then comes, I think, the absolute most important part, which is um, when you're running a small business or you're building a startup where you're aiming to become, you know, a huge global platform, whatever really you're building, um, it's always hard. It's hard in the in the in the best of times, um, and uh, it's so important in crises like this that you don't let doubt sip into your mind, right? Um, don't don't start to think that failure is an option because once this takes seed in your mind and you start thinking, ah, you know, when this crisis is over, I'm just going to go back to Google and cash a big paycheck and have sushi every Friday and I don't have to live in the tent while I'm building this business. (laughs) Once this kind of, once this mindset or like any other job you could take, right? Um, Once that mindset start, you know, getting into your brain and you start thinking that failure is an option or wouldn't it be nice to, to just kind of stop this and do something else and, you know, start taking a salary from someone instead of running a business or building a business. Mm. The chance of failure just increases like crazy. It's like, yeah, you know, it, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. I tell you like, and it's like, you know, the likelihood of failing as a founder or a small business owner um, uh, if you think that failure is an option, it's just so much higher for the one that truly believe that they will just succeed no matter what. So don't let that, you know, doubt seep into your mind, right? I mean, there's been really, really tough crises in the past. Building a great business in the best of time is tough. So try not to come up with excuses for why you should fail and try not to get that kind of doubt seek into your mind because there's so many people who will do that during this point of time and their companies will die and they will not succeed but if you don't let that sip in and you start you you still think that failure is not an option and you're not going to give you any excuses because yourself any excuses you will um you know succeed and uh, you know i remember very well my old rowing coach uh, at harvard his name was bill manning he used to tell me I remember it so well the first time it happened because I was doing this really hard exam. I've been studying like crazy. I just finished the exam and I run down to rowing training and I came two minutes late and uh, he told me, okay, Magnus, give me a hundred pushups. You're two minutes late and the team was waiting for you. And, uh, and I said, Hey, I'm sorry, but I started the first for ages and I just needed to finish it. I couldn't run here. I couldn't come any faster. And then he just said, Hey Magnus, excuses are like assholes. Everyone has got one and they all stink. And it's kind of true, right? It's kind of true, right? Don't don't create excuses for why you will not uh, succeed right now. It's just don't let a doubt sink in. You're going to make it through this crisis, whether it takes three months or six months or nine months. You're going to make it through if it's like, you know, living off of scraps at the very end of this crisis, you're going to make it through. And then when if you through, you're going to be so much smarter, so much leaner, so much meaner, and you're going to be one of those companies who learned how to get through a crisis, and you're going to go into a decade's worth of growth. So it's like, keep that mindset. It's just so incredibly, incredibly important. And 
hey, what you're doing now, as I mentioned earlier, is just so much more important than it was a few months ago. So you almost have an obligation to succeed. I mean, this is this is you know as close as I guess our generation will come into uh, you know a war type scenario where you know supply chains are disrupted all across the globe. Massive amount of people are losing their jobs, and you know we as founders, small business owners, you know exceptional individuals who want to make a difference, we have an obligation to succeed. So you know we've kind of the Xbox is calling or, you know, there's a new Netflix show, whatever it is, push that away. Like this is the time to work 100, 120 hour weeks to make a difference and, and kind of come out of this. Um, and that's that's what we're doing here in Anter right now. I mean, we, we're we just kind of giving it all because we just know that kind of helping exceptional people innovate and create great business right now is just way more important than it was three months ago. Three months ago, it was a good thing, good impact, great mm-hmm. way to create value. Now it's now we have an obligation to do so, and all of you on this webinar have that obligation. So, you know, let's let's get it done. Um, and uh, you know, with with that, uh, you know, I just wanted to open up for for uh, for uh, for some questions. Thanks, Magda. It's a great pep talk. I mean, everyone's got those two voices in in their head, haven't they? You know, telling them. Uh, to, to chuck it in, go go and take that job um, in, in times like this. But I think, you know, the, the quicker you can dismiss that, and I think, you know, really well said, you know, what you're saying that, um, you know, we, we owe it to ourselves more than ever now to actually, um, you know, carry on through with, with what we started to do because it, it means far more than it did three months ago. So um, that seemed to resonate with with a lot of people there. So I'll, um, I'll go back to the first questions that we um, – we have here, uh, let's have a quick look. Um, Magnus, I find that prop tech startups tend to struggle with credibility and fundraising due to the economic effects of COVID-19. Real estate has taken a huge hit, especially in the UK, and is mostly on hold. Um, what would be your approach, advice to those that have ideas on how to improve this sector during such uncertain times? And that comes from Lily. Yeah, so I think there are... Um there are two points to something like this. And obviously we have a number of real estate uh, companies in our portfolio as well. And I think like the number one thing one needs to explain uh, to investors in particular and partners is, um, you know, this, this is gonna, this is gonna change, right? It's like, yeah, we, it, it might take three months. It might take six months. It might take nine months. It might take 12 months, but at some point of time it's going to shift. And then you, and, and explain to them why you are going to be in the position uh, to be a, a winner coming out of this and why you are better positioned than anyone else doing what you're doing to take advantage of it. Because I think a lot of people on this call are somehow or another uh, utilizing technology to do something better, to be more efficient, uh, to do something um, in, in a cleverer way. And, uh, you know, you will just, if you kind of just explain all that value proposition and talk about how, uh, you know what's happening now is 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 temporary, and this is their chance to kind of come on board. Um, um, uh, that's that's one very good lever. Then the the other lever is thinking through, uh, like obviously when something like this happens, um, you know there will be kind of temporary adverse effects, but they will lead to also temporary uh, uh, kind of. Uh, uh, advantages sometimes there are certain kind of levers that that uh, 
uh, you know, that you can explain why you would be better. For example, if you have, I'm not exactly sure what your business is, but, you know, if, if you have um, a technological solution for tenants, let's say, or for, um, you know, owners of, uh, of uh, you know, real estate, then, you know, a lot of these people will possibly have never done much, apart from being on their iPhone and downloading some apps, will not have done much digitally for a long time but now their kids are you know doing going to school uh, uh, through digital means uh, you know they are doing all their meetings through zoom and these types of webinar platforms so you're kind of building this kind of new know-how of technology very broadly in society and there are a number of these types of levers that you can explain why the adoption of your business uh, will be higher post uh, post the crisis so I would, I would just continue to kind of push those points um, and uh, you know when it comes comes to real estate uh, you know one one thing is sure right it's 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 one of those kind of very few kind of scarce resources that are out there we there won't be more space in central London and mm-hmm. uh, there won't be more space in this world so yeah it might be kind of a temporary <laughs> downturn but it will you know it, it never lasts for a very long period of time and you're part of the solution coming out of this yeah, always comes back, doesn't it? Um, question from uh, where are Christine Magnus. Are you guys currently focusing predominantly on med tech? What do you think about fashion tech and new business models coming out based on circular economy, et cetera? Well, we're super excited about business models in the circular economy, fashion tech as well. Um, you know, we, we are anthropist industry agnostic. So, um, you know, our belief is that. Um, uh, we want to work with really exceptional individuals. So, and those individuals can have a lot of different types of backgrounds. We're typically looking for people with a bit of experience uh, because we believe that the hardest problems are easier solved uh, if you have uh, some experience of, of solving problems. Um, and uh, uh, we look for people with a spike, with drive and grit. And uh, we want to put together high performing teams of uh, of individuals that have different skill sets and uh, and uh, and kind of kind of execute on, on on a lot of different things. That's number one. And the second thing is we work with uh, these founders to ensure that they're working on a business model uh, or a problem that is real and that you know if they succeed on executing on it, will turn into a truly scalable global business. So we do. You know, I think we've done. Uh, you know, this year we'll probably do kind of 20, 30 things in health tech, but we probably will do, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 things in in, in kind of direct-to-consumer fashion. We do fintech, we do deep tech, we do uh, all types of industries. We just care about really those two criteria. A, great team. Uh, two, solving a real problem uh, with a truly scalable business models. And, um, and those are the type of people we want to... Want to, want to support and and there are opportunities everywhere right now like it's that's another thing right this is unrelated to the crisis but you know we never lived in such exciting times for innovators and creators is you know we used to live for imagine like if we were living two three hundred years ago our whole generation would be affected by one technological change right we might see kind of a new a new type of boat or you know uh, perhaps the steam engine came and the steam engine is kind of transforming our entire generation, which obviously is very exciting. But we live in a time where, you know, 
genome technology, IoT, AI, all of these, like there's like a dozen plus technologies that are maturing at the same time and they're coming out of kind of science fiction books and labs and into real products. Uh, I mean, we have more power in our handphone than, or in my watch than uh, the Apollo missions to the moon had. And that is just incredible, right? So you can, you can revolutionize any industry right now. Very true. Um, Robert asks for your thoughts. Um, as a business and with an interest in economic development, I get the business case indeed. Let's not forget state support um, just lately. But should we seek a more considerate economy post-coronavirus? I think, I think we should uh, always uh, you know, consider uh, a more considerate economy, right? There are a number of I think there are a number of kind of socioeconomic and social challenges that arise from uh, you know technological change that we need to take into account. Uh, there's also, of course, climate impacts. There's health impacts. All of those things. I think first of all, you know, the economic development and the you know the movement of civilization and technological change over the last decades has led to a world that is better than ever. So that's one thing we should put out there, right? It's like, yeah, there is, there's an heightened uh, kind of inequality, but at the same time, more, more people have been pulled out of poverty and people are living longer than ever, uh, almost everywhere across the globe than we've ever seen ever in world history. So there's a lot of positive change. When that is said, you know, things like, you know, the, um, the, the peer-to-peer economy, the, the gig economy, these things are... Uh, arising and growing incredibly fast without thinking through some of those secondary effects that it has, like, you know, uh, unemployment protection, insurance protection, uh, you know, uh, building kind of a viable career path. Um, you know, there are a number of these things that we need to think through and still solve, which I think are great opportunities to innovate because um, those are needs and services that, that people need, right? Like, for example, we have this terrific company in, in, uh, in uh, Australia that are helping to insure gig workers um, and they only insure them for when they're at work to kind of reduce their, their risk premium. So there's, an, there's a lot of kind of opportunities there to innovate and create really valuable businesses that has this dual impact of making uh, the world more equitable and uh, uh, supporting great individuals, but at the same time creating a truly valuable platform um, and obviously, within the within the uh, uh, you know the, the the climate change space, uh, that's that's the same, right? I mean, I think some of the most exciting and fastest growing businesses in the world are 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 companies uh, you know tackling those types of issues. So, hey, I think for sure, if those um, business models um, had traction uh, before the the crisis. We just, I just came off of a call before this webinar with um, this great individual who's supporting and advising G20, and he was talking about exactly this: is you know, if if that kind of secondary thought of, of the impact your business have and and doing good uh, on top of creating real value was important before the crisis, it will be way way more important now, and yeah. people will take it way more seriously. Investors will, companies will, governments will. Um, so, hey, I think it was important before and it's way more important now. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine there's a whole bunch of your companies doing that already, Magnus, given the, the kind of breadth of the portfolio, like you say, being um, sector agnostic as well, um, and, and yeah. the type of people that you attract. I think that's part of their, their makeup. You, you're, you know, obviously attract a certain type of people. And I've been lucky enough to kind of interact with the London and the Amsterdam cohorts, and I think it it goes across the board, really. Yeah, you know, outstanding individuals. So, um, yeah. It's- it's so true, right? And like one of the companies we have in uh, in uh, Amsterdam, Fusebone, is like, you know, it's yeah. 3D printed implants that make it way cheaper and means that people in the emerging market can do operations to fix their body, which, uh, uh, you know, was just not possible before. And it's just done by innovation uh, and it will make the world a better, more equitable place. Um, uh, but it's also a great business, right? It's it's just better than existing solutions that are used in developed markets. So it's just uh, amazing what you can do. Yeah, Navid, isn't it? Navid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know him. Yeah, we speak to each other. Top guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, let's have a look. There's a whole bunch of questions coming in now. Um, let's have a look. Coronavirus has pushed the world to collaborate remotely, says Lisa, but the tools are clunky and not well connected. Do you see an opportunity? For communi- communication tools coming out of this crisis, I think we are already, aren't we? Yeah, I mean for sure, and uh, you're right. I mean they, they are clunky, and uh, you know it, it doesn't feel at all yet, unfortunately, like being in the same room, which is really what yeah. you would yeah. like to accomplish. And so it's just, I mean, it's just a tremendous amount of opportunity there. We have this amazing team that we supported out of Stockholm called Teamly, uh, who've been uh, there is, it's it's a program that was originally created for uh, distributed teams, and uh, uh, and they 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 were growing like crazy before the crisis uh, because more and more teams work distributed. Like most big businesses have teams all across the globe. Some people working from home. Even small businesses have like I mean Antler, we're still you know only I mean 130 staff or so, but we are sitting across six continents. So the the best of times we need this these tools and uh, they've been growing like crazy now it's just um, incredible the amount of value they can add to to businesses and people so yeah i'd explore there's so much untapped potential there yeah so yeah definitely explore um, business models in that space uh, and william says how do you think human interaction will change in business post covid-19 well that, that's interesting isn't it and dependent i suppose to a certain degree on um the travel sector recovering and and, and other industries as well yes yeah, so uh, i think i think it i i hope personally and i think everyone hopes that um there will be kind of a reduction in unnecessary travel um i think that there are a lot of travel that has been done and is still being done. Well, not right now, but will be done again after the crisis, which is just unnecessary. Mm. Um, and uh, that has a tremendous, I think, negative impact on 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 the climate. Um, um, and it it it's also not very efficient, right? I mean, you know, I have personally flown to other continents for one meeting, which just makes wow. no sense. Uh, you yeah. can do it on on the phone. It's just because the counterparty demands to meet in person, uh, which. Which hopefully you know will will start that that will start tapering off and people will be more mindful about how they travel and um, and that cost which again goes back to those business models we discussed earlier and the the, the former question right is just so much potential to to contribute to that um, and then of course there's the human interaction of people who are actually in the same space is 
you know, when will the handshake become, you know, normal again? Or will yeah. we continue with the fist? I kind of like the fist bumps. They're kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then uh, you know, perhaps you know, the in Asian, there's sometimes the the bowing. Perhaps that uh, becomes more 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 in place. Let's see. But uh, you know, I I hope that um, you know that I think the human interaction is important. Obviously. When you're forming a team, doing that occasionally is important, um, um, and I think that will continue to be a very uh, big part of of human life and business is meeting people in person and getting to know each other and building trust. But hopefully, you know, we can we can have much more efficiency that we did before the crisis. Yeah, and you know, I worked for Virgin Atlantic for for 16 years, and I remember after um, the the financial crash before that. Um, it took a while for people to, to start traveling again for business, like, you know, London, New York, London, LA, um, Hong Kong, that kind of thing. But um, it did come again. But I think this time, as you say, Magnus, there's a real opportunity to kind of t- take a long look at it and think what is actually necessary at the end of the day. Because I know you flying around like a maniac uh, yourself, and like you're saying, like flying to, to a different continent for one meeting is just... Uh, bonkers isn't it makes no sense no a bunch of questions all about your global startup competition so i don't know how, how briefed you are i'm sure you know um, a fair bit about it but um let's say ranjit let's take his question what are the objective of the global startup competition um eco blends blueprints for a healthier world um applied today well done. great i mean that's that's terrific um i mean we um we, we're, we're obviously in, in, in the business of disinvesting in exceptional people, building great businesses, and we want to support companies that are specifically uh, addressing the crisis uh, for two reasons. A, I think it's um, obviously incredibly important, and I think all of us has a responsibility to just do something for the people around us if we can. And, you know... I had a bit of like medic training when I was in the military and I was even thinking about like, how, how, like I think probably all of you are thinking about like how you can contribute in some way. And, um, yeah. and uh, you know, I think uh, it's, it's, it's small, but uh, it's kind of one, one way for us to contribute. And it's really not us contributing. It's just us supporting other people who want to contribute. Right. So we just want to, there's so many exceptional people out there trying to create solutions. Um, to, to make people's lives better right now and save lives. And um, we want to do our small part to just support them. So that's number one. And the second is, it's also just at all times, and as you mentioned earlier, Alex, is, is I think it's going to be way more important going forward. And it's been core part of the Antler Mantra forever uh, to build companies that have a positive impact and they will grow to become one of the, the world's most kind of valuable and successful companies so you know i think it makes sense for our investors it makes sense for our platform and it makes sense for the world to just support great people who have great solutions to that the, the world right now and again we're industry agnostic what we are going to look at is um, um can you turn this into um, a standalone great business where we believe if you can't do that it won't have the type of impact that you need so that's important again exceptional team solving a real problem and doing something which is truly scalable. So that's the first part. And the second is, 
uh, does it have a, a real impact in, in, in this crisis and how big is that impact? And, you know, we obviously want to have as much impact and create as much value as we can with those investments. Um, and, uh, you know, we're excited to have, have, have so many people apply and we hope even the ones that we can't invest in immediately, we hope to take some of the ones we don't invest in immediately and, and bring them into some of our programs across the globe uh, where we support them with grants and the opportunity to get an investment uh, through those funds so even the ones that we don't invest directly we want to you know hopefully support them uh, as many of them as possible if they meet our criteria through our programs across the globe so yeah so you could potentially work in with it with the existing cohorts that kind of thing exactly very cool okay and and I've, i'm just reading on that it's, it's literally for those of you who want to find out antler.co uh, and it's the first item on the, the home page um call for startups tackling covid19 um, have an idea that can have an impact and can chart the path to recovery to collectively overcome this. Apply by 15th of April. So you've got till, what's that, the end of next week, possibly, off the top of my head, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Time long weekend. It's, uh, we want to ensure that uh, we, we get that capital out there and that support as quickly as possible. Um, uh, because, I mean, hope, hopefully, hopefully the crisis doesn't last uh, long and we want to be there. Uh, when 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 they can be impactful, hundred um, percent. Question from Celine. Um, so, any last questions, guys? Got Magnus for a few minutes longer. Um, post them up now. Any last question? Um, so, Celine says, considering the amount of companies currently hunkering down to ride out the situation, do you think they'll be more likely to invest in new tech products that might help them to do so, but add more running cost, or will they try to get back up and running as they were selling before? No, I think I think you're spot on. I think everyone from you know the largest companies in the world um, to the smallest companies in the world across any industry right now are looking at how to do things more eff effectively, uh, whether that's getting more revenue or finding ways to do things more cheaper, cheaply and more efficiently. So, and and you know. Is it is it times of great change that you see this kind of shifts in way in ways people do things? Um, people are much more willing to adapt and change uh, when they've gone through something like this. So it's the opportune moment uh, to come in with solutions like this, whether it's on the sales side or efficiency side. Uh, right? I mean, now is the time, and um, and uh, you know, again, like. I think there, don't be discouraged if you have like 10 meetings and they all say, hey, you know, we're dealing with so much stuff right now that I need to get back to you in a week. Then just set up 10 more meetings and then get back to them uh, the next week. It's one of my like fundamental principles when it comes to like anything, whether it's hunting investors or it's getting customers on board or hiring people. It's like, you know, you need to get kind of volumes. You need to talk to enough people. And then you need to, um, push them to a yes or a no. Uh, a yes is better than a no. A no is better uh, uh, than a maybe because you don't want to kind of have that kind of staying in there. Yeah. Uh, and but a no is not, never a no, right? Never. Like when it comes to investors or hiring people or you know, I've been trying to hire people for Antler for a long time that I've spoken to for that I wanted to work with for. A decade you just wow. keep at them like shouldn't we do something together come here and join us <laughs> and you just touch base with them every month and you should do the same with customers with investors uh if they said no 
try to not have customer relationships nor um, uh, investors or people trying to hire in the maybe category because then you just end up wasting time kind of pushing forward like pushing to yes or no and then if it's in the yes category then execute get them on board if it's in no category then put them into your kind of check in every month and tell them about your progress and and uh, and that's kind of you know one kind of email or phone call that you you do the same thing every time and you know now is the time to do that and you might get you know five to ten uh, knows when you get going because people are busy but then check in with them next week and push 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 and um, especially when it comes to these types of tools yeah i i 100 agree with that i think you know i always have it in like in a spreadsheet and like check in you know at the minimum like every quarter with, with somebody and just let them know that you you're still knocking on the door until you you get a no and even then like you yeah. say um a no's never a no people come back to me a year two years later and when it suits them it suits them and that's fine isn't it you know, yeah. Um, doesn't have to suit suit you when it's when it's right for them. They'll come back, and it's real, right? Like I have, we have an example of this guy who just put. Um, there's this company who put five million dollars um, into into Antler and our funds, and I met him uh, two years ago, and um, uh, you know pushed incredibly hard to get him on board. Got them excited about what we were doing. And then, you know, a week later they said, hey, doesn't really fit for us. Uh, congrats with what you're doing and, you know, good luck. And then we put them in that category, as you mentioned, Alex. And then every month we'd send an update. Then December last year, I got a response saying, thank you for your persistence. Uh, and, you know, two, two, two weeks later, it's a $5 million investment. And if you do that with enough customer conversations, enough hiring conversations, yeah. enough investor conversations suddenly this will start because you never know what happens in their life right suddenly they have more time or they have a new problem where your product is related or they read about you in the news or one of their friends started using your product mm. uh, so suddenly you just never know when you can kind of convert a no to a yes but if you're persistent uh you just increase the percentage chance that happening so incredibly much. Yeah, and, and just keep the volume, like you say, Magnus, because just doing a couple of those a day isn't going to do it. But if you if you do every, every single day and you just keep the volume going, then you build that thing called momentum. And if you persevere, you will get there. So last couple of questions. You got last five minutes, Magnus, to finish off. We just had a flurry of last three or four questions come in. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Top man. Thank you. Um, so uh, Nishan says, low socioeconomic communities are being left behind in this conversation and solution. How can we bridge the digital divide across a sector that's, so that solutions benefit everybody? Yes. Yeah, so um, um, obviously, I think this depends on the problem you're trying to tackle, but um there are many ways in which you can do so, right? And technology uh, typically lowers the cost to a level where uh, it's affordable to more individuals, right? So, for example, we have this um, company called uh, Ask Dead in our portfolio, which is addressing, um, um, you know, female healthcare issues in India, right? So it's, you know, 500 million plus uh, Women there, uh, there's a lot of stigma in certain parts of the country around, uh, you know, for example, sexually transmitted diseases or other types of, uh, of diseases that um, um, are um, um, 
you know, people don't even want to go, even if they have access to a doctor, they don't want to go to the doctor and talk mm -hmm. about it because uh, you will kind of get yelled at and not treated instead of, um, uh, you know, getting the support that you need. And it's, by the way, there's a lot of countries where this isn't the case. Also in the developed world, there are, you know, there are, you know, situations like this. And, and you know, they're solving this through setting up a platform that provides advice and also much cheaper telehealth services with the first free consultation and thereby kind of saving a lot of people who would otherwise have died of stuff which or die or even or just or become uh, infertile uh, from stuff that you know you could treat for you know one dollars worth of medicine right mm -hmm. um, uh, which would have been otherwise available so, the, and so that's just one example and there are like Choose like this everywhere. Like we were talking about it. Uh, this is a bad example, but I think it's still relevant, right? Um, right now, you know, some of us are are lucky and we're, you know, quarantined in a house or a nice apartment, but others are quarantined in a very small room um, somewhere. Uh, they don't have much money um, eat, eating rice. Um, but, you know, uh, the type of, if you think about the type of information they can access now due to the development of the mobile phone, they can more or less access the exactly the same information that, that I can. They can access, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Harvard, MIT level courses uh, through their phone, which was just not there even like a decade ago, like mm -hmm. even this 10 years ago, that was not there. So if we can just continue to innovate and create these types of solutions, uh, that will contribute to uh, diminish the social economic gap, and I think it's it's much more about bringing the um, you know the next billion up and creating the same opportunities for them and the same life quality for them and higher life expectancy and more uh, expendable income and value um, uh, than what happens above, right? So as long as you can kind of marginally contribute to all of all of that it's very very valuable and by the way you know a lot of these these companies that are doing that are amazing businesses right it goes back to what you said earlier alex is you can create a lot of value while at the same time really changing the world in a very meaningful way so i'd encourage everyone to do this yeah thanks magnus um so yeah this this is a question from celine that um i've heard a few times recently and it's it's i suppose it is a fine line um she says thanks magnus um don't you think attempting to sell right now is likely to alienate companies that are currently just trying to stay afloat, that we might appear like we don't care about the situation? No, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be empathetic and uh, you gotta understand the situation that they're in. So I would almost start an email or a conversation at this point of time about like, what are your concerns? What are you working on? Uh, or how are you doing? Are you safe? Like the empathy now is incredibly important. And yeah. hopefully empathy at any time is incredibly important. And hopefully like people, I, I feel people have become more empathetic now, which I hope will continue after the crisis. Like it's just nice to start conversations where people start with saying, with, with genuinely asking, how do you feel? How are you now? Right. Yeah. I mean, this, we should always do that. Um, and it's incredibly important to do that through, uh, your your sales as well, uh, but hey, you are approaching them because you believe you have a great product, 
that will make their life easier. Mm. So you are making, you're doing them a disservice if you don't try to get them to use that. 100%, yeah. And and that's, that's, that's the, you know, so as long as you're empathetic and go in there and I would, you know, uh, you, you got to push in a nice way. And like, by the way, I, with, with hustling, I don't mean that you should like, it doesn't mean brute force. It doesn't mean that you kind of you, you, you go with a bus and kind of run through the wall. What it means is just uh, consistently approaching a lot of individuals in, in a nice and empathetic way, consistently, systematically, and follow up and just don't give up, right? But it doesn't mean that you are, you know, doing a, you know, it's, it doesn't mean a frat style attitude. It means um, uh, being smart about it and doing it consistently, systematically, and being empathetic. But hey, uh, don't don't give up, right? Be persistent. Yeah, I, I, I'm with Magnus on that one. I, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you aren't letting them know that you're providing a, a solution. Um, it's a great, great answer. So last question, if you've got time for it, Magnus, we were running slightly yeah. over. Um, so Taz says, thank you, Magnus. Many companies, founders are very smart, but have not seen a downturn like this before. Um, t- 2008 was 12 years ago. And so experience is important. How do you think advisors who have significant experience in this space can make an impact at this time, I think I think it's uh, I think advisors are always important, and uh, you should try to surround yourself with uh, with with individuals uh, that you feel contribute to you um, something that you don't know um, and that you can learn from. And I think there are kind of three categories of of kind of advisors you want to have involved. Like there are there are people who know stuff that you don't know. Um, and you can learn from, and you can ask them questions related to that. Um, the, the second aspect are, um, you know, kind of advices that can be door openers for you or help you kind of access the right type of networks, right? Which I think is also incredibly important. Um, and then there's a third type of advisor, which is um, the kind of coach type advisor, right? So like, for example, our chairman, Tora, I, I sometimes call him not because I have a specific topic to discuss, but I just want to discuss how I can do things better and how I should address this specific situation. Um, and for that third party, third category advisors, um, I think obviously speaking to someone right now who have gone through a crisis before and seen how that was and then, you know, learn from that is, is very useful and useful to talk through your own experience with. Um, at the same time, like you want people who give you, I, I think this is true in the best of life, like whether it comes to friends or colleagues or whatever it is, you want to, you want to have advisors that you go out there and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make this happen. And you want to, you want to get people who give you, you, you energy and you come out of there uh, and feel more inspired. Um, but it, it can be that they're still telling you that the hard facts, right? That you need to cut costs or you need to do this, otherwise you won't survive. But they are doing it in such a way um, that you can execute on it and you feel that it's beneficial and you feel more energetic. Um, uh, because I think it comes back to what I spoke about earlier at the very beginning of the, the podcast. It's just so important right now to not lose the belief in yourself and not believe that failure is an option. 
because once that starts sipping in and you start coming in, you wake up negative every morning mm. or you go to bed just thinking about problems, it starts participating, precipitating and you just won't succeed. Because one thing all people who have gone through a crisis will tell you is that the most important thing is at some point of time it will end. And I think in this case, you know, uh, you know, we don't know how long it will take. It might take eight months, it might take longer, um, but much longer than that, probably not. Yeah, um, and that was brilliant. Thank you so much for, uh, for for staying on. That was a good hour hour plus, and I'm sure the questions will keep coming um, if you're on for longer. So appreciate you taking that time out. Always a, always a pleasure talking to you, Magnus. Um, some fantastic advice there, and I've just posted up the link there. Um, loads of good wishes from everybody, from Taz, uh, Lisa, Nishan, um, Celine, etc. to you, Magnus. So thank you very much. Um, I posted up the link there, guys. It's literally as simple as, simple as antler.co for more information. Um, and that's in general, just not for the, for the new initiative that Antler announced last week with regards to startups tackling um, COVID-19. But in general, if you want to find out more about Antler's programs, the type of people uh, that they're looking for, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Magnus, is it seven locations throughout the world? I don't know. What, remind me your plans for this year. They could be changing, obviously. There's eight eight locations now. So, South America, uh, yeah. Yeah, and then two two just to launch Sao Paulo and Beijing. So uh, we should be close to most people uh, on this call. So yeah, hope hope to get the chance to meet the ones I haven't met uh, yet in person at some point, and we get to work together. Yeah, and let, let's hope this um, changes sooner rather than later. Um, and we all get to uh, to meet up again soon. So um, thanks again for your time, Magnus. Much appreciated. Um, love to family. Stay safe and well out there. And uh, thank you love to the Adler community. Thanks, Alex. Cheers. Thank you for joining. Bye bye now. Thank you. So guys, if you haven't already, come and join me over on Podpreneur Facebook group, free Facebook page that I set up during the coronavirus crisis to help people uh, create, start, launch their own podcast or grow an existing one using just the free technology in your phone or on your laptop. Just search for Podpreneur on Facebook groups. We've already had a number of listeners come over and join us. We've gone from 13 to nearly 400 members in just a couple of weeks. Uh, would love you to come over there and experience the power of podcasting yourself. So that's Podpreneur over on Facebook groups.